I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in the remainder of this service as uh, me and Ethan was getting our messages late, late last night and just trying to you know, get the direction of the Lord concerning the services with everything going on in the circumstances. And uh, I believe the, the Lord was directing this way, and there's no doubt about that. And then uh, as, as the Raj family would just sing literally about this, you know, uh, about reaching the world, you know, reaching those that are around us, I couldn't help but think, thank you, Lord, for confirmation. Amen. Many of you preachers will understand that uh, as the Lord would direct a song service and, and write, line right up with the message. And I don't think I'll be long this evening. I really don't. I know you hear preachers say that all the time, and uh, I don't think I will be long. Just a, a simple, simple thought, and I, I've preached this at the rest home or around this, and then I, I've taught this for several weeks in our Sunday school back in January about just being a witness for Christ, and um, I thought the Lord would have us go this direction, and we kind of freshened everything up just a little bit, uh, even, even so to bring it forth for tonight. Uh, but if you found your place there in 1 John chapter number one, if you can stand, let's stand for the reading of God's word. We'll just read three verses. We'll read three verses of scripture this evening, uh, and then we'll just jump right into it. We might even get you out before the sun goes down. Amen. Some of you are like, yeah, we don't have to drive home in the dark. Amen. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to get what God has for us this evening. John, first John chapter number one. In ver- beginning in verse number one, says this, that which, we, th- that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Verse number two, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. In verse number three, that which we have seen, and that which we have heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with the Son, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Verse number two is going to be kind of our text verse. He says, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and bear witness. So this evening, I'll take just a few moments and I'll give you just three simple points to kind of help us out and get this uh, this subject or this topic out, uh, being a witness for Christ, a witness for Christ. And uh, like I've already said, I couldn't help but think how the Lord orchestrated all this with the missionaries coming coming in and, and just uh, adding unto the service. And boy, didn't they add unto the service. Uh, the, the first song that they sang in their native tongue, I didn't understand it, but boy, my spirit bore witness with it. Amen. Uh, it's just wonderful, wonderful for them to be here with us. And I'm excited to bring the word this evening. Let's pray. You can be seated. You can be seated. Uh, let's pray. And then we'll jump right into it this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, once again for allowing us to be here. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time. And God, I pray that you would, that you would steady my nerves, Lord, that you would give me clarity of thought, and Lord, help me to say exactly what you want said, and Lord, do exactly what you want done in this service. And God, I pray most importantly, Lord, that we would get what you have for us, Lord, and you have uh, the truth contained in your word, Lord, that we'll be bringing forth this evening. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would allow your word to fall on fertile ground this evening. Lord, may we be challenged this evening. May we be encouraged this evening. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just take us to the next level, Lord, as we we wait for your coming. But while 
while we wait, may we serve. And Lord, may we be a better witness for you. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Lord, I help me now get the message out unto the people as you've delivered it fresh unto me even this evening. Lord, we love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. I want to talk about this. And, and you see the title there, A Witness for Christ. A Witness for Christ. And uh, many times when we, when we even bring up the, the subject or just the word witness, uh, many of you automatically either assume uh, a court scenario, if you would. A witness would take a stand right to testify of what they saw and what they've heard or, and, and what they have experienced there, if you would. And so we think about this idea of a witness and, and what is a witness. And a witness is someone who would attest to a fact. All right. So in order to be an effective witness for Christ, we must have firsthand knowledge of him. All right. So in order, this is our very first step. In order for us to be a, a witness for Christ, and in order for us to be a witness for him, we must first have knowledge of him, that firsthand knowledge, right? The truth thereof. You wouldn't want a witness to take a stand who was not there during that event, would you? Amen. Uh, if somebody were to testify against you and bring things up and accuse you of something, but they hadn't even been nowhere near you, they were states away, you would not want that person taking a witness stand against you. Why? Because they weren't there. They cannot attest to any true facts, if you would, about the situation and about that event that took place. So a witness is literally someone who can validate, if you would, one who can speak truth, one who, who was there, they experienced it, and then because they experienced the truth and because they were there, they saw it, they heard it, they felt it, they can go forth and be a witness about that event. I think about this, uh, many, uh, how many of you have ever been in a car wreck before? You've been into an accident, whether big or small, big or small, you hope that there's always a witness that will stick around, right? Because sometimes the accident's not all it looks out to be of, of whose fault it really was, who ran the red light, amen? Uh, you know, because automatically, uh, not guilty, not guilty, right? Uh, the, the accusations start right then and there, well, you ran the red light. No, uh, sir, my light was green. Uh, can you prove that fact? And you hope there's other witnesses that that would stick around and say, no, 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 let me tell you what happened, officer, I was there, right? And, that, and that's what we want, and that's what we want in life, but also that's where we take the same application as a witness for Christ. We take that and apply that here because, see, a witness is someone who attests to a fact. So in order for us to be an effective, in order for us to be a beneficial witness for Christ, we have to have firsthand knowledge of him. And you look at your Bible here in these three verses in 1 John, and John talks about this, and, and John begins to speak and listen to the verbiage and, and the way he describes what he has saw and what he has handled. He says in verse number one, that which was from the beginning, which we have what? Heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and which our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. We have seen it and bear witness. Get this now and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested unto us. Verse number three, again, he begins to talk about this, that which we have seen and heard. And here he is as being a witness would take a stand and declare, notice the word there. He says, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. 
So in order for us to even begin to be an effective witness for Christ, and how many of you would want to be an effective witness for Christ? Absolutely. Every hand in here should go up. We want to be an effective witness for Christ. We must first have that knowledge of him and that experience through him and through this thing of salvation. Ultimately, that's where it begins. And, and today, we have experienced new life in Christ and, and given an account for his love and forgiveness, both verbally and in the way we live our lives. And this is literally us witnessing to the world of the change that has taken place in our lives. The way we talk, the way we act, and what we do is literally being a witness. And can I say this this evening, that you may be the only Bible that someone reads, you literally may be the only Bible that someone would open up. You may be the only way that they will see the love of Christ. They will see the change that took place in your life. I don't know about you, but I know what happened in my life, and, and my life was changed, amen? The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. And Lord help, the things I used to say, I don't say them anymore, amen? But it's not because of change that I have done in and of myself. That change came about through the truth that was preached of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the moment I realized that my sins were going to take me to a devil's hell, that my sins were bound me to go to hell, and I realized I was in need of a Savior, I remember that day down here at the little building, at our little church building, amen, and I'll never forget what pew we were sitting in, and Brother Looney uh, led me and my wife to the Lord, uh, and, and just what an experience that was to literally call call out to God for forgiveness of my sins and ask him to come into my heart and save me. And guess what? The moment I did that, he saved me. Amen. Oh, there was no qualification that you had to go through. No, no form to fill out. And aren't you thankful for that? There's no background checks to get saved. There's no, there's none of this, uh, legalistic things that we would have today and all these balances and checks and background checks. Oh no, no, no. God just wants you to come as you are. But if you come as you are to him and you fully trust in him and you fully trust and believe the gospel from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge and you trust in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, he does something in you that brings forth a change. Salvation will bring forth a change and preacher's been preaching on that, the fruits of the spirit. We've been going through that and I was excited to, to kind of continue on in that and Lord willing, we'll continue on with that. How many of you have enjoyed that series thus far? It's been an amazing series. Uh, breaking it down, the fruit of the flesh and, and then the fruit of the spirit and, and how everything kind of breaks forth. And, and I love it because literally it goes hand in hand with what we're going to be teaching this evening. Being an effective witness for Christ, being a, a witness for Christ, we first must have that knowledge of him. We have to know about him, right? We have to understand what he's done and how he done it and how he completed the work and what he's done in your life and the change that come about in your life. And then you get the opportunity to be a witness. Each one of you in this room have a testimony. Each one of you in this room have a life that was changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the great thing is they're all individual they're, and they're all unique. No testimony is alike. And that's what I love because it gives us the opportunity to reach the world with the gospel. Because you may can relate to somebody that would not relate to me. You've experienced things that I have not experienced and I can, I can empathize with them, but I cannot sympathize with them. But you may be able to sympathize with them and say, oh, I know what you're going through. I've been there. Now let me be a witness and testify of what God's done and how he brought me through.
In order for us to be an effective witness, we first have to have that knowledge of him. And which takes us right into our first point here this evening, the theme of our witness. What is the theme of our witness? Well, the theme of our witness, it should be self-explanatory, Jesus Christ, right? Ultimately, we understand that. He's the one who brought the change. It is not of myself. It's not a pastor. It's not a church. But it's Jesus Christ who really brought that change in my life when I accepted him as my personal Savior. He is the one that done that eternal work, that which I could not do. And But here's the thing, in the world in which we live, things have been twisted and, and, and miscued, if you would, and confusion has crept in that the theme of our witness should just be love, joy, peace, and all that. No, 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 my friends, the theme of our witness is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our theme. As we go forth and as we proclaim the gospel, and as we be a witness to our family and our friends, the theme of our witness is Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. I want you to see a few things here as we kind of walk down through the, the, the scriptures here and pull out uh, the, the theme of our witness and why we are to witness and who we are to witness about. He is the theme. He is the one. He is the game changer of our lives. And he is the one who deserves all the accolades. He is the one who deserves all the praise. It is Jesus Christ who changed us and transformed us. So when we go out and be a witness, it's not to self-promote of, oh, this is what I have done and this is the accomplishments that I have done. Oh, no, no, my friends. I am nothing short of God. Amen. I am sure, nothing short of God. I need Jesus in my life. And it's through him that he continues to help us. Paul defined the gospel as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the theme. This is the overlying theme of our witness should be the gospel, the good news. Amen. Listen, you turn on the news. There's enough bad news in the world. It's time for us as Christians to declare, as 1 John said, we say, did you notice the verbiage there in verse number two? He says, and declare unto you, it is our turn to take a, take a stand as Christians and declare unto the world world, the gospel, the good news. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verses one through four. He says, moreover, brethren, I declare, there's that declaration once again. Do you see the theme of those who are saved, those who believe the declaration that comes forth? He says, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you received and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also re received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and he rose again the third day according to what? The scriptures. How many of you believe that this Bible that we have, the word of God is truth? The scriptures that we have is truth. Amen. And notice what Paul says here to the church to, to, in 1 Corinthians here. And he says this to the church. And he says, listen, it's by the scriptures. It's by the scriptures. It's by the scriptures. Time and time again, verse number three, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. But he not only died for us, here's the gospel, the good news, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And here's the thing, in our witness to others and in our witness to others as we try to declare Christ and show them the love of God through Jesus Christ, get this now, if we aren't explaining the sacrifice of Christ, then we're not really sharing the gospel. Get this now. If we don't share the sacrifice of Christ, then we're not really sharing the gospel. Because the gospel is that good news, and that good news is the death, 
the burial, but praise the Lord for the resurrection, right? That is the good news. That is the gospel in its completeness. If you remove any, any part of that, then you don't have a true gospel. You have a false doctrine. You have a false hope, if you would. If you're just depending on the love of God, you're not going to make it because God loved you so much so that he sent Jesus to die in our place and to take our place and to take our sin upon himself on the cross. He died for us. He took our sins. He was buried, but he arose on the third day, taking his blood and putting it on the mercy seat one time and for all. There'll be no other sacrifices after the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we're not explaining the sacrifice of Christ in our witness, then we're not really sharing the true gospel. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number two and verse number two, for I determined not, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, it's the death, burial, and resurrection. It's the completeness of the gospel that is the theme of our witness. In Romans chapter number 10 and verses 9 and 10, many of you can quote these verses by memory, but if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. An important part of this theme is the fact that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation, not just one ways and not just one of many ways, but he is the way. And that word the is a definite article. We know that. And we see that in John 14, verse number six, and Jesus saith unto them, unto them, unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life and no man cometh unto the father, but by me. So as we go out and as, as we become an effective witness for Christ, then I want to be an effective witness, and I hope you do as well. And as we go out and tell this lost world about a loving Savior, the idea behind that and the whole theme of our witness is Jesus Christ and the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is our overlying theme of the entirety of our witness because it is that is what changed our lives and is that in which we get to take out and impart to others. Because we've received it, guess what? We get to go out and share it. You see, you cannot give out and be an effective witness that which you do not have. And if you don't have the truth, you can't share the truth. Amen? Uh, if, I, if I were to promise you $100, everybody in this room, well, that would be a false promise because I don't have $100 for each of you. Amen? I got plenty of Monopoly money. Eh? We'll, we'll, we'll hand them out at the end of service. But see, if I were to make a false promise or a false hope, it's fake. It's, there's not enough there. There's nothing there to back it up. But see, as we go out and be an effective witness for Christ, we take the truth, the scriptures that's been given unto us and shown unto us and that we've applied unto our lives. And since we received that truth and we received the gospel, we received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Now we get to go out and share him and be a witness for him. So number two, very quick, I said we're going to get out quick, amen, the power of our witness. Not only the theme of our witness is Jesus Christ, but the power of our witness is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy, it is the Holy Spirit that guides us, that directs us, that gives us the words whenever we don't know what to say. How many of you have ever been in that situation? And then afterward, you talk to somebody, it's like, where did all that scripture come from? <laughs> 
right? It's like, how did I remember all that? Where did all this come from? Well, it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the power. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us as we go out and be a witness for Jesus Christ. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is the Spirit, uh, it is the Spirit who transforms the life. In Titus chapter number three and verse number five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. A transformed life is evident to all as we, wit as we witness to others and we should spend much time in prayer according to, the script, according to the Spirit's power so that we are enabled to let our light shine in such a way that others will recognize the power of God in us and God using us. You see, it's not of myself. This is not a, 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 a self-promote thing as we go out and be a witness. It's not, well, let me tell you what I, 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 I. That's the problem. We've got eyes all in the way. We need, we need to get us out of the way, die to self, and let the light that, the, that Jesus Christ has put inside of us shine and go forth. It's not my light. It's his light. And as we go out and be a witness for him, as we take this light into a lost and dying dark world, as we bear that light, as we bear his light, as we bear the truths, and as we bear the, the witness of the scriptures, and as we go out into the world, it's not I, but it's Jesus Christ. And if we'll get that in our minds, and if we'll get this theme of Jesus Christ being our theme, and the power is the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but I cannot do anything without God. Now, I will fall short every single time if I try to do anything in my flesh, if I attempt to do any ministry, if I attempt to do anything in and of myself, I know for a fact that I will fall short because there is nothing good in me save Jesus Christ. But it's through the power as we read God's word and as we get it inside of us and as we read and as we read, you say, well, Brother Brandon, I didn't get nothing from it. And as our pastor says all the time, you got more than what you realized. You're retaining more scripture than you realize. And can I stop for just a moment and commend all you Sunday school teachers? Because I got little ones and I love it whenever they say, oh, we learned about this Bible verse or, oh, let me tell you about this Bible verse, you know? And I love that. Why? Because they're in, you're instilling in them at a young age, the truth. And, and, and when needed through the Holy Spirit, that truth comes forth. I've been in situations before when somebody would begin to have a conversation with me and, and I want to be a witness, the best witness that I can. And sometimes you're unsure of how to approach. How do you open that door? You know, how do you get the gospel in without, uh, without them shutting down and moving away, right? Ultimately, that's the scariest part of their reaction to the gospel that you want to give, right? Uh, and, and as you're going through and as you're talking to them, you, and in the back of your mind, you're like, Lord, open the door. Lord, show me what to say. Lord, give me the thought. And all of a sudden, God will give you the thought that will open the door and it's like, yes, that's what I needed. That's what I needed. But it wasn't of me. It was God that put that thought there for me to say. And now the gospel is being presented. Why? Not because of me, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit who gives us utterance. He gives us the words to say. And aren't you thankful for that? Because I will be a stumbling, bumbling fool if it were not for the power of the Holy Ghost even now. And I'm not kidding. On the inside, there's a train wreck going on. It may be looking like a duck, you know, the duck's feet underwater. You can't see all the chaos that's going, but my boy, he's floating down the water, amen. On the top side, he looks calm, cool, and collected, but underneath, there's a tornado going of little feet just to kicking around. That's me every single time. Why? Because I know I cannot do this in my own strength, but God help me. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Matthew chapter number five, verse number 16. Let your light show so shine before men that they may see your good works. The Bible does not stop there. The truth does not stop there. The scriptures do not stop there. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now hang on with me and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Our goal in life is to be a mirror, not a solar panel. Our goal in life is to literally reflect Christ in everything that we do to reflect that light and reflect that praise and the adoration that comes our way. When somebody says, man, you did a great job, praise the Lord, because it's not us of me. I want to reflect it back to him because it's him who gave me the strength. It's the Holy Spirit who empowered me to teach and to preach in order to sing and to play. It's God who's given me these gifts. It's not of me. It's not, oh, I'm so great. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. You know, that's what the flesh wants. The flesh wants to be praised. The flesh wants their names in the bulletin. The the flesh wants to be mentioned behind the pulpit. The flesh wants our names in, in big, bright letters. But listen, God says, let your light shine. Not that you could be glorified, but yet they'll see the good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. It's our job to reflect that praise, unlike a solar panel that would absorb that praise and gain energy from that. Let me tell you, that's a dangerous thing to absorb all that energy because there's going to come a time when that energy is going to stop and then you're going to fall hard. But if we'll continue to reflect that praise and allow God to continue to use us, there's no telling. There's no telling what he has in store for each of you in this room. There's no telling. There's not. We mentioned that this morning, the potential in the room during the closing prayer. And there is, there's so much potential in this room that if we're willing just to sell out, to love God, to serve God with everything we have, not hold anything back, to give him our everything. Listen, he laid down his life for us. The least we can do is serve him with our lives. He's given us an eternal life to live forever in heaven in in a place called heaven where it's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be peaceful. We're going to be with our Savior forever, the one who died for us. But this side of heaven, let us get busy in our witness And make sure our witness is correct. The theme of our witness is the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of our witness is the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to be done here. And point number three, the validity, the validation, if you would, of our witness will be shown in how we live our lives. Here's where the rubber meets the road. You see, because we can talk the talk a lot of times. You know, we can make it sound great and wonderful. Uh, A lot of us Christians are good salesmen. Whether we realize it or not, we are great salesmen. We we pitch a good ad, uh, but in the end, at the end of the day, we don't live out what we've already talked about. And that's the dangerous thing because, like we said in the very beginning, you may be the only Bible that some read. And if they don't see a change in you after Jesus Christ comes in, they don't see that change and they don't see that transformation, how your, how your language is cleaned up and you don't do those things that you used to do and you don't say those things that you used to say and you don't go to those places and hang out with those friends anymore that were causing issues and dragging you down. And if they don't see a change, well, well what, what need is there of Jesus Christ, right? To them in their minds, what need is there of the Lord Jesus Christ? If, if they see no change in you after getting saved and going to church and, and getting involved, if there's no change in you. Number one, I would check up just to make sure that you're saved. But after that, listen, uh, here's the thing. They're reading you and they're watching you. People are watching you every single day from the littles to the elder. They're watching you. They're watching the decisions that you make and they're watching how you react 
to certain situations. You see, here's the thing. The validity of our witness will be shown in how we live our lives. And I want you to take your Bibles and go ahead and turn over to John. John chapter number 15. I'm going to read one other verse in Philippians, and we're almost done. But Philippians chapter number 2, as you're turning to John 15, Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, sets this goal for us. That you may be blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Boy, if that verse does not fit in today's time, I don't know what verse does. Let me read it for you one more time. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. And this is our goal. This is our goal as we live our lives for Christ, as we reflect him in everything that we do. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. The effective Christian witness will live, the effective Christian witness will live his or her life above reproach in the power of the Holy Spirit whose fruit we exhibit when we remain in Christ. Now you're there in John chapter number 15. Look at verses one through eight very quickly here. Beginning in verse number, verse number one in chapter number 15, I am the true vine and my father, the husband man, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse number three, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There's the gospel, the cleanliness that comes forth from the gospel. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, here it is, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Verse number eight, hang on to these words. Herein is my father glorified. Don't you want to glorify our heavenly father? Oh, then hang on right here. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Galatians would say this in Galatians chapter 5 and 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And we've been over these many times. But listen to them once again. It's fresh and new. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And perhaps most importantly, we, we must be familiar enough here with the Gospels to accurately and coherently get the Gospel out. And that, that comes back to reading God's Word and getting in and taking in as much as we can of the Gospel, of what Jesus done for us. Because at a time when someone comes to you and says, hey, how can I be saved? You want to be ready to be a witness. You want to be ready to be an effective witness for Christ. And as we are going to be a witness for him, the effectiveness thereof is the theme of our witness is Jesus Christ. We remain on him. And then the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the 
words to say and the scriptures that come to memory when and, 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 and whenever they need to become forth. The Holy Spirit just gives us those, me- those memory verses, if you would. But then here's the thing. As they look at us, they see the validity of our witness. You see, when we accept the truth for truth, and we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior, the change, a big change takes place, right? So like we said, let's back up all the way to the beginning here and we're done. In order for us to be an effective witness, we must first have firsthand knowledge of what we're going to be witnessing about. I put it like this in the rest home. We already mentioned this, but how many of you have ever been in a car wreck before? Raise your hand if you've been in a car wreck. All right, Donnie, can I use you for a minute? Let me, let, me, let me grab your mic. Let me grab a mic here for one second. Donnie, this car wreck that you were in, do you remember where it was? Uh-huh. Where was it? It's on 421 uh, uh, southbound just last year. All right. Uh, what car were you in? Uh, my wife's uh, Toyota Camry. Hey, man, we're sorry, Miss Tamara. <laughs> Hey, man, she got a new car out of it. Hey, man. Don't get no ideas, fellas. All right, so you knew where you were, mm-hmm. and you know what vehicle, was there any other vehicles involved, or was it just you? Uh, a lady in an SUV hit us from the rear. A lady in an SUV. Uh, what, what color was your car? Uh, gray. Gray. Do you, do you remember what color her car was, maybe? Black. Black. Wow. Subaru. It's a Subaru. I heard Subarus have good warranties. They, got good, they make good cars. Notice the details. Do you notice the details here? Now, if I were to ask Brother Rodney, Brother Rodney, hey, listen, Donnie got in a wreck last year. Can you tell me a little bit about that? No, right? You weren't there. You, you couldn't tell the details that he had because you weren't there. Thank you, thank you, Brother Donnie. Anyone else? Who else has been in a car wreck? Help me out. Help me out. Who else has been in a wreck? Anybody? Don't be. Oh, never, everyone's like, nope, <laughs> nope. You, you fooled us once. You're not going to get us again. JD, JD, all the way back in the back, helping out with the sound. Let me, let me run this mic back here. You'll see where we're going with this in just a moment. And we're going to bring everything to a close. The wheels are on the runway. I don't know if the camera can even, I don't know if the camera can even pick you up. You're controlling them. Amen. They can't pick me up. When, uh, amen. All right. Have you been in a wreck before? I have. Where at? Pulled out of my sister's school when All I was right. 16. When you were 16. Amen. You remember what car you were in? My Mazda 3. Mazda 3. Amen. What, uh, was there any other cars involved or just you? Uh, White minivan. White minivan. Hmm. It's a lot of details, isn't it? Thank you, brother. Thank you. Now, if I were to ask anybody else in this room, hey, J.D. got into a wreck when he was 16. Can you give me some details about that? Can you give me some information about where it was and what happened and maybe the other vehicles involved? You couldn't give me that information, right? And why not? Because you weren't there. Because you were not there. I was there when I got saved. I was there. I can give you the details. I can tell you where I was, where I was sitting down here in the lower building on the left-hand side, about the fourth row back. I'll never forget sweating bullets during invitation. Took me three services, amen. I'm stubborn, and the Lord was working on me on the first, second, and third, but finally I got right, amen, and let go of that back of that pew. The back of the pews are the worst thing to hold on to, amen. I'll say that right now. But listen, I know everything about the details. I know who led me to the Lord, who showed me those scriptures. Brother Ronald, Brother Ronald Looney showed me the Romans road. 
I remember bawling my eyes out the whole time, crying out to God that he would forgive me for my sins, that he would save me. You know why I can witness of that? You know why I can bear witness and tell you of that story? Because I was there. Here's the question, though. What about you? Can you bear a witness of the life-changing event of salvation? In order to be a witness, especially an effective witness for Christ, you must have experienced him firsthand. Let's read these last three verses one more time. First John, flip back over to First John, and we're done. First John chapter one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Verse number two, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, that which was with the father and was manifested unto us. Verse number three, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. A witness, a witness is someone who can testify to truth and they were there during that event. But I ask the question this evening, what about you? Do you know that you know that you know that you're saved? You see, because I don't know about you, but something big as God moves in, you're going to see a change. <laughs> You're going to see a noticeable change when something as big as God moves in your life. For me, it was not all immediate. God had a lot of whittling to do on me. I wasn't that straight stick. You know, it took years and it's still taking years. God's never going to be done with me. But what about you? Do you know that you know that you're saved this evening? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the truths contained therein. And God, as, as this is a, a twofold message, really, Lord, encouraging those that are saved, those that put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they can remember when it happened, where it happened, what took place, the events surrounding that, when the moment they called unto you for salvation. God, the challenge is there for us to be an effective witness is to take the gospel and proclaim the gospel. And declare the gospel as we've read this evening. But Lord, not only declare it, but to live the gospel. To live out a life that reflects Jesus Christ. Then on the flip side of the same coin, God, there may be some here and they're unsure of their eternity. Or they haven't experienced this. They cannot witness about it because they have not experienced it. Or they have a mom and dad who is saved and maybe even brothers and sisters who are saved and they've watched them get saved and they've watched that transformation take place in their lives. But they themselves have never come to that saving knowledge of you. Understanding that their need of you for salvation. So God, as we close in invitation this evening, I pray that you would reveal unto your people that which they need to do. 
Maybe it's need to change up the way we witness and make sure that our witness is centered around Jesus Christ and the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Maybe this evening as we've been preaching this about being an effective witness for Christ, maybe, maybe you laid somebody on their heart of someone at the workplace, someone at school that they can be a witness to. And then God, I can't help but think, Lord, there may be one here this evening and they're unsure of their eternity. They're unsure if they took their last breath right now, that they would go to a place called heaven. God, I pray that they won't stay like that. I pray God that they would make that move here in just a moment. And they'd come forward and we would meet them with a Bible and show them how they can be saved. Lord, let no one underneath the sound of my voice exit this building unsure of their eternity. God, your word says in the book of James that our life is literally but a vapor. It'll appear for a short time and then vanishes away. God, our lives here, they're short. And your coming is imminent. Two factors that go against us. We don't know when we're gonna take our last breath, but we also don't know when you're gonna return. So we need to make sure that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that we are saved. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I, I couldn't help. I have to ask this question before we close. If you're here this evening and you say, Brother Brandon, I'm not sure of my salvation. I'm not sure of my eternity. I'm not sure of heaven. I'm not sure. But I'd love to know how I can be saved. I'd love to know more about this Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. I wanna know more about that. If you're here this evening and you're unsure of your eternity, you don't know that you're saved, if you could just raise your hand very quickly, put it right back down. I just wanna pray with you. I wanna pray for you. I want everyone in this room to go to heaven one day. I do. And even more than me, God wants you to be there. And we know the only way there is through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching by way of live stream and you're unsure of your eternity. If you'll call that number, we have people that are standing by those phones right now. If you'll call that number, they'll talk to you, pray with you. Maybe you just need a, a prayer of encouragement. Maybe you're discouraged right now. You're going through a valley and you just want someone to reach out and pray with you, call that number. They'd be glad to do that. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment. We won't prolong the invitation this evening. 